0: By their fruits, you shall know them.
1: Buy, 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 by their fruits.
0: Shall know them. All right, welcome to episode 51 of Buy Their Fruits. What's going on, John?
2: Doing well, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well, too.
0: Doing good, man. Doing good. We have a returning guest today, the infamous William Ramsey. How you doing, bro?
1: Doing well. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here.
0: Absolutely, man. Anytime. Anytime. Um, I don't know how many people have listened to the last show, but just in case there's new people listening, do you want to just give a little background about yourself and uh, sure. who you are, what you do?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, you know, just kind of like I I had a conventional education. I went through the educational system. I have a BA and a JD, passed the bar in 98, was in D.C. for three years around the time of the Clintons, saw a lot of things that weren't in the news. So I think I was always suspicious of the corporate media and also um, a lot of the stuff that was left out, I really was interested in. I was there during the time of Vince Foster in 98. So when I was done, I got out of there uh, and came back to California. Uh, I was not going to be part of all the intrigue and all the conspiratorial stuff that goes on there, which is, you know, like I said, it's undercover. You don't see a lot of it. So then uh, I was researching all the time. 2001 happened uh, to 9-11 and I believed it initially. And I kind of like in a couple of years, I kind of, went wow. And there was a lot of new documentaries that came out. And that kind of really changed my mind about everything really in the past. And a lot of the stuff that I took as a kind of a history buff took at face value. And so I kind of went through a brutal kind of reappraisal of kind of a reality, like shed my skin and tried to perceive things differently. And I realized a lot of stuff that I was told and a lot of stuff that historically based upon like political changes were all engineered or fake or a lot of things going on JFK. A lot of those assassinations in the 60s, just all kinds of political machinations, the things that were going on behind the scenes were, um, you know, happening. So that kind of like I was really kind of on a journey of kind of addition, like adding to my education. And then it was during uh, 2001. I was reading a lot of that stuff. I kept seeing all this numerology. So I was like, why are all these numbers? there? There was a guy's name was Colonel May captain may excuse me who run the ghost troop and he had an article about the overrepresentation of 11s in the whole 9-11 event and he was right like why is there this overproportion? proportion i mean it's just the event the day the planes and all that stuff so that just made me keep my eye out in the common culture i kept seeing these 11s and they all kind of led back to magic and then back to alistair crowley and that made me really want to research who crowley was it's just another kind of thing that really didn't go in depth nobody really kind of publicly maybe went in depth into Crowley as far as I was concerned there were some good biographies that I read and I really went back into the source material stuff that he wrote and that kind of led to Prophet of Evil that was my first book All my books are self-published but I put it out in 2010 <clears throat> and it was really kind of like for the uh, really the people who are interested in, in listening to my ideas were in the alternate Christian community. And it really was, in my mind, a Christian book. Like I'd looked at it through Christian eschatology, not as some kind of like biography. It is a primarily a biography, probably, yeah. but it also ties into 9 11, which is why there's that long title. So, anyway, so that's really kind of how I got my start was through like French Christian, alternate Christian shows. And it just kind of led on and kind of like I was just led to follow this research. I was always a reader. Uh, going back for decades. So I just kind of followed on Crowley. It led me to the West Memphis Three case, which involved Crowley. And a lot of people overlooked a lot of that occultism. I mean, to me, it's just rife with, under uh secret agreement, secret uh, relationships and occultism and Crowleyism. And it really is brought up in trials, as a matter of fact. So I wrote my second book, Abomination, published that 2012. And that was interesting. Now I had a position... That was definitely not popular with uh, the public. And so, but I think it's really changed people once they start reading the actual core documents they kind of get a better yeah. picture. And they've also been dissuaded from believing in occultism. I think it's all intentional. I always think of this interview I did with John Kleitschek about how skull and bones and stuff really influenced public education. So I think they took a lot of the stuff about secret societies and occultism out of their intention. So then I led to Children of the Beast 2014. That was my third major book. I also did a smaller one called Alistair Crowley, a visual study. And then I kind of got interested in this the study of the Smiley Face. It's known as the Smiley Face Killers. It's really just the phenomenon of young men disappearing at night later to be found in water suspiciously. Hyper suspiciously, in fact, because a lot of those men disappear for a longer time than they should have. Like they should have been found within a week. And a lot of times they're found three or four weeks later. I thought that was an urban myth. I really put it up there with like Sasquatch or things like that. But then I started following the cases. The first case that I followed was a guy by the name of Joey Labute in Columbus, Ohio. And he was missing 19 days later to be found in water. So the same phenomenon happens over and over. I did two documentaries on that. And you can see them on my Patreon. And then I wrote global death cult 2021 and then I wrote a book I think I thought it was worthwhile exercise to write a book on the smiley face killers to kind of compile all the research that it did didn't have done and I kind of the first sentence is the history of the study into this whole phenomenon, because it just doesn't involve me It involves other independent researchers around the country who have written books or written articles. So I tried to compile those into kind of a meaningful study and show people that it's happening. And I think the number at the end of that book that I just published of cases was 375 globally. And I think there's probably another 125 cases that I know of that I probably can add to a second edition of that book. But yeah, so I have five major books, five documentaries on those books that can all be found on my Patreon. You can just pay five bucks and watch them at your leisure. They're really informational documentaries, there's no real bells and whistles or they're micro budgeted, and there's really not much of a soundtrack. But uh, I think they're worthwhile, especially if you're like a visual learner, more visual than a reader. You can just sit back and kind of watch and listen. And it show I think my they show that there's some stuff happening in the world that isn't easily discernible, and certainly it's kept secret for a reason. So I'd say that's about as good as an um, overview of kind of my career and work.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely recommend uh, Williams' uh, body of work and research. I've been a uh, happy Patreon of Williams for a few years, as I definitely recommend the audience subscribe to his Patreon. It's well worth it. Um And, um, you know, and, and that's why we wanted to have you on today to discuss something that it seems like you've done a lot of research in that very few people are willing to... Uh, stare into the abyss uh or are able to research uh certain topics that you have and you've spent your career uh researching which is which is you know the topic of evil uh which a lot of people uh tend to not want to uh you know uh think about it you know i mean the bible talks about that um, that, you know, there's there's not one that's good, you know. And so most people don't even want to look into their own lives and look at all the sins they've committed or all, the, all, all, you know, against God or all the, the times that they've hurt uh, their fellow selves. Most people have a genuine, uh, a, a, a general uh, belief, not genuine, well, a general belief um, that they're good. And so just based off of that alone, they're definitely not gonna, going to look into, you know, the dark alleys and dark quarters and the seedy un- underbelly of, of evil that truly permeates through the world, right? When they won't even look in the mirror at themselves. And it's sad, you know, but the culture that we live in, it's it's being magnified by the black mirror devices that we're all walking around with in our hands. And, and so when did, when did you, you talked about nine eleven? Were you interested in, in like looking at, um, like the Franco scandal and the satanic panic cases and Aquino and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But before then, was there any, Yeah, other- I think
1: I really went through a really heavy kind of like research phase in the early kind of, you know, after 2001. So I went through Bill Cooper, I had an Alex Jones phase and I really read as much of the stuff. I was willing to kind of read um, all the alternate literature I could, like I wasn't really afraid of it. So I read some white supremacy stuff. I read Turner diaries. Like I read just, just to see what it was about. If you remember mm-hmm. like in the nineties, that was all like the right wing, the Timothy McVeigh's were out there. So I was interested in, in a lot of that stuff. So I definitely looked into a lot of that stuff. I've interviewed Tim Tate who did the whole thing about the Franklin uh, scandal and that got spiked. Like that's a perfect example of the spiking of the true story. And a lot of those kids died too. But, uh, interesting story like i'm from i was born in Omaha, nebraska so when my grandmother passed away her service was held at the boystown chapel oh wow which is really weird yeah
2: so Franklin so scandal kind of hit a little close to home right and uh, really, close. Right, yeah. really close yeah
1: God, really close the guy the guy who officiated like i didn't know this at the time yeah this is probably i can't remember my grandma died 1992 uh the guy who officiated it was in the franklin scandal his name was um father
2: I now, can't you're remember. That, now you're making me jog my memory uh-huh. yeah no
1: I, I i know i can tell you i can verify that this is true because he had a brother too which is, was not ever in the uh in the book or anything like that but for the, the guy who run ran boystown officiated my grandmother's wedding And this is before, like, what I know now. Now I would be horrified to, like, be around them. But I come from a Catholic family. So um, that was just kind of normal stuff. A lot of the the priests that were around were really creepy, really, really creepy. And it's strange, too, because um, I moved from Omaha and ended up in Northern California. And the priest there officiated at the Stanford Memorial Chapel where Arles Perry died in an occult, like Richard. That's like. crazy. Yeah. And that guy officiated my brother's wedding. His name was Father John Durier. D-U-R-Y-E-A. And I had an interesting story. So this is just like family stuff, but like I around town, Father John Duryea would ride around on his bike. And he was he would worked at a bookstore on California Avenue. And I had friends all over my hometown. And he was biking home one day. And one of my like, young friends, teen friends, said, Father John Duryea was biking. I don't think he was really a uh, practicing priest anymore. But somebody came out of a car and looked at him and screamed at his face. Hmm. I know what you did. I know what you did. Like screaming and like blood coming out of his eyes and st- turning. And John Duryea just kept his bike and kept his head down and kept biking dude. Like that's crazy and then he ended up killing himself wow so really dark like catholic stuff like yeah and maybe maybe some of that stuff has bled over into kind of like uh my interest in kind of looking into that is because maybe some of that stuff was really around the kind of outside of kind of my existence like some of those people around it val peter father val peter look him up okay i said val you, peter and his it, brother
2: if George was here, he would have automatically rattled off his name. You should I, send this to him. I, I know this. Story I will. Again. I will. Uh, he would. He would have. He'd be like, John. Why can't you remember? Like, I have a little bit of brain fog, George. It's okay, but I, I sure sat down out. with Val Peter when well,
1: my mom's service. I mean, my grandmother's service. Excuse me. I sat down with Val Peter and his brother, and at that time, like my dad was like, "Hey, you can hang out with these highlights of the Catholic Church in Omaha." Like that was like a. A thing of honor, like can you believe that?
2: I, I, like, I'm, I'm, glad, believe I'm glad. I'm glad that do. you didn't. <laughs> well, I'm just
1: saying, like back then. <laughs> I know, didn't...
2: but I, but I mean, I'm glad in hindsight, 2020, right? You know, right? Right? No, day.
1: I mean, I was not abused as a Catholic. Yeah, I was not an altar boy or any of that stuff. Like, I think that even as a teen, I was like, yeah, something's not, something's up here, guys. So, like, I had, I was very fortunate because I read the Bible at an early age. Like, I read it cover to cover when I was 17. And I was like, What's this? What are you guys doing? Like, this is not in the Bible. (laughs) You guys look like Christ keeps railing about all these Pharisees and how they love the front of the church and the approval of all these people. And that's exactly what you guys are
0: doing. Like, that 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 leads me, uh, William, to I was going to ask you, when did you become a born again Christian? Was some of this dark research after, you know, 2001 like, did that? I think I went through probably a
1: real phase. Like I was not that interested in Christianity. I mean, I was raised a Christian, uh, but I think at 17, like something snapped like, whoa, there's more to this world. It's not some materialist thing. I'm very curious about what I was taught in high school, and what I've been taught by a lot of other people after reading the Bible. And I really was a very, uh, you know, I think I went through faith. I'm 55 now. But like I went through phases of like I was into prophecy. I was very rigid. I was very shrill. I think at that time when I was younger, and very judgmental. Now I'm kind of like much more easygoing. I still believe in everything, but I think that that way, if you want to call me a born again Christian, that happened a lot. Like Seven when I was 17, and I kind of kind of gone up in my faith. Not in faith, but like more church going and non church going through certain phases of my life. But I've never lost my faith, I've always believed Jesus was the Messiah. Like, it's never lost. It's never out of my consciousness, you know.
0: But I just try not to, you know. I was going to say, that's why I love, like, recommending you and your work, because, you know, a lot of people in this field who research the occult and, um, you know, would be, like, I don't know, self-proclaimed, you know, experts or whatever, um, a lot of them are not Christian. So you're, like, one of the few that really digs deep into this stuff. And you're a Christian. You can see it from a biblical point of view. And I'm not saying that you write it from, you know, for exactly from that perspective, you're more of like kind of handing out the information. Right. But because you're a Christian, I think that makes a big difference. Cause I'll tell you that when I was young, I was into a lot of this stuff too. You know, I started really young getting into all these, you know, fringe topics and the occult and learning about it. Just like you, you know, you realize that the world, there's something wrong. Everything's upside down basically. Right. And it kind of sets you on this path. Well, during that time i didn't know of any christians at all that were into the type of things that i was interested in and i was interested in learning about the occult not to practice it but to to learn about it at least because i just it 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 makes you it makes you see that there's definitely something going on here there's a real aspect to these things which craft all this type of stuff right and so if i if i had been able to learn from a christian point of view Or from a Christian in general at that young age, I probably would have been a Christian like much, much sooner, to be honest with you. But I didn't get saved until I was 19. I'm 30 now, but I'm just saying it helps that you are a Christian in this type of field because a lot of people come to Christ um, while having their eyes open to this type of spiritual darkness.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, because it kind of plays off each other. Like if somebody, and that happens a lot with people in the kind of darker left hand path. Sometimes they'll go down and swing way back into like they go straight to Jesus, like they are 100 percent Christians because they've seen the darker elements. They've gotten scared in a good way, you know, and they made it through. Some people don't make it through, but they made it through. So I think that you're right. There is a kind of uh, paradoxical thing about learning about because if this is real then it actually validates Christ's outlook on, on where he's at battle with demons and exercising demons. Like I believe in all of the miracles, like I'm a total spirit. I believe in. there's a world beyond this. Like there's clearly my mind, actually the magicians do too. They just reject God and they reject uh, Christ. But yeah. So, I mean, it goes all the way back to like Christ and, and even like Judas, like Satan enters into Judas and, uh, all those other things. So um, there is something, and I think I think maybe like my interest in, you know, I've kind of like gone through kind of my own psychology is like I didn't know. Like I didn't know all these connections. Like I knew Scientology was there. Like I went through and there was a Scientology center around Northern California and there was a big one in San Francisco. I didn't know it was an occultist. I didn't know what L. Ron Hubbard was like on a Crowley level and talking about Crowley. Like I wouldn't have known that. So I think that That's maybe just like a really important aspect of some of the work that I've done is like, I'm just putting it down. Like children of the beast has 800 footnotes. Like, Hey, you guys can read for yourself. This is what's important to me. Maybe it should be important to you that you know, that there's a sinister aspect behind some of these organizations that claim to almost like Lucifer, like make you like God. Like that's what they, almost like what uh, uh, a clear person or whatever, a, a, Think operating thetan is in Scientology is almost like you have command over the elements, supposedly. So, I mean, you want to talk about a pretty heavy scam, but uh, yeah, so I think that that's that's kind of the intent of my work in a lot of ways is to clarify a lot of that. And a and lot I of those people, there, like you said, like, like I think you make an interesting observation, Jeffrey, is that some people don't look at these things from a spiritually oriented place, so they're not as interested in maybe the theological relevance. So they'll look into Manson and either look at him as a superstar or just an interesting cultural phenomenon, but they won't see that his darker elements or his connections to the process church or uh, some of these other uh, in church of Scientology, actually.
2: Or L. Ron Hubbard and in Scientology with uh, uh, Jack Parsons and Babylon working and, 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 Just like the evil, the evil blasphemous things that L. Ron Hubbard said about Jesus, right? Like, you know, like most Christians would obviously look at Scientology and think of it as a false religion or some sort of mysticism or something. But to the level of depravity that was in Scientology and how depraved L. Ron Hubbard was or even his, you know, kind of tenuous connections uh, to the Naval service in the military, how much is true, how much is fake. That's a whole another, you know, discussion in and of itself, right? You've covered it, uh, William on your show. Um, you interviewed somebody who I think I remember was, was talking about it in depth. Um, and so, I mean, with, with Hubbard, it's like, you know, like how just, I mean, you could say the same thing about Mormonism and, and, and Joseph Smith in a way of being a, a way to practice Freemasonry. Right. Right, I'm going
1: to actually do a show on a cult, Joseph Smith, tomorrow. So it'll, nice. it'll be live. if You want to listen to it? What time is it on tomorrow, Pacific time? It's uh, three p.m. Pacific. So you guys can check that out. With somebody okay, who's I... like a uh, somebody who's done a, a lot of research into that. Yeah,
0: I think the last show that you were on, I, I called it uh, The spiderweb of magic because in reality, it's like all these. You might think that they're unrelated, but all these different types of things and, like, these cultural phenomenons and happenings, like, even, like, NASA, like Johnny was saying, you know, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, Jack Parsons, Aleister Crowley, all these different people who have a huge effect on culture that nobody really seems to uh, understand or see clearly. It, it's like a spider web of magic, that everything, ty- everything connects, and it all connects back to the occult, but that you know, uh, occult connection ties back to the Bible and the spiritual warfare that we're in yes, you know yeah. Yeah. it's pretty wild i don't know where you want to really start um but i want to talk about the, the the rise of satanism and i use that term loosely um because i i kind of classify witchcraft and paganism and all that stuff under under satanism really um from a biblical perspective anyway but uh, i don't know where you want to start with that but in, in your eyes and in your research do you have a point in history where you see the rise of satanism in uh, like modern cultures?
1: Well, you could. I think Crowley is actually a really good point if you want to talk about modern culture. I mean, we can go all the way back into the Old Testament with Moses, you know, contesting against Pharaoh's agents or magical agents. You could say that was a magical battle in a lot of ways, what was going on in uh, ancient Egypt. And I think Paul even mentions the names of the two magicians, court magicians were Janus Jambres
2: and, and yeah. Janus. I yeah, think? very good.
1: Janus and Jambas, however you want to pronounce yeah. it. It's almost like they were from Greece or something like he imported the best magicians or something like that. But, uh, and it leads through the new Testament, right? Through uh, Simon Magus. And I think that a lot of the modern ma- magicians or these people. They're very aware of past histories, cultures, magic going. They try to trace everything. Like one of the big attempts is try to trace their magic going all the way back to Babylon or Syria or something like that. But uh I think that Crowley is a good general part because I think a lot of the modern magicians, amongst all of them, have a Crowley moment, whether they accept him or have learned by him or pass through his teachings. So, you know, he was born in 1875, died in 1947. So I think that he's a good, because of his influence and that influence that he's had on so much in culture and other people. The music, the Beatles. Music.
0: it. Yep. Yeah. The there's a piece of, of him oh, all over the
1: place, like some are latent, blatant, but it's it's eerie that there's so much there that may not be recognized by the average person on the street. Kinsey, like Kinsey to Hefner, to the modern porn culture, there's a connection there. I mean, it's really crazy, but it really is. It's almost like uh, Kinsey was kind of a do what thou wilt. And you see that too in his final analysis of all the learns was sex in the modern man the two books he wrote sex in the modern woman their conclusions are satanism so yeah. if the all this the so-called research he did it's all it's do without will there's no there's no reason to be things it's weird weird it's a weird carbon copy yeah the so, he
0: openly he rejected jesus christ Yeah, too. Too. he openly rejected christ
2: yeah he did yeah no he doubt did. I'm not surprised,
1: and connections to um Kenneth Anger who just recently passed away. Yeah, I mean, so to answer your question, Crowley, I think, is a good I mean, you could go back to even earlier people, maybe um, the guy who Crowley thought he was the resurrection of who died in 1875. Levi, Which, what, was yeah, Elvis Levi, Levi yeah, Alfred Lewis Constant is. was his real name, but
0: yeah, wow, yeah, I heard that that Crowley kind of um. And I think it was uh who was it? Uh it was either HB uh it was either Bobowski or Alice Bailey, but um them, one of them along with Alistair Crowley kind of copyrighted a lot of the work from him, didn't he?
1: I think to a certain extent. I know that Crowley edited one of of Elphus Levy's books. And I forgot which one off the top of my he- head, but I know that he edited one of them. So uh, I don't know if, if that's, cop, cop. I mean, it's not, it's obviously out of copyright now. I think copyright is 72 years. So, <clears throat> um, at least for the first publication. But, yeah, I mean, he was influenced. He said that uh, he was Elvis Levy in a past life. So, I mean, I think Levy died 1875 and nine months later or something like that. Crowley was born in
0: 1875. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, well, he he did pull a lot of his his magical workings and his ideology from him. I'm not saying that obviously he's not, you know, um, him in his past life or whatever. But he definitely was influenced by him enough, and and he, to 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 live out like he was the carbon copy of that guy is, is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. He carried on his work, and then Alice Bailey or or Blavatsky, one of those two, also carried on a lot of his work too. It's He's somebody that's not really talked about as much. You know, we all hear about Aleister Crowley, but the Levi guy, he was was something else. He was on another level as well.
1: Right, and I think Pike's morals and dogma like almost lifted a lot of things from Levy. So I know that some of those concepts like Levy you can read in Children of the Beast where he talks about the Sphinx as a representation of magic to know, to will, to dare, and to remain quiet. And that's why you see the sphinx iconography all through masonry like the masonic national temple in dc has two huge sphinxes and so that's what it means to them so it's like a max. so if somebody says they're masonry like for me if they're high up in masonry they're luciferians man there's no question about it. and, and they're kind of magicians but they lie about everything like i was arguing with somebody online the other day he's like oh yeah that's not a masonic grip i'm a 32nd mason i know it's not like, where they where they talk look.
2: about the the jones yeah uh, the jones, tucker uh, not that tucker the, grip. the way they were touching each other's wrists and the and and the full the full grab like come on like no the
1: masonic 32nd degree oh, mason one. is the last person i would expect to hear the truth from so that for me once you say you're in masonry i'm like
2: and they called Jones. each other brother afterwards as well, yeah. too, which, I mean, that seals the deal. I mean, I get it. Right. Some people will say they'll look for signs and symbols everywhere, but that one was extremely blatant. I mean, he shook, shook up and went in and shook up to his wrist. And then they both called each other brother at the end of the interview. I mean, right. it doesn't get more blatant than that.
1: Imagine that the scam those two have pulled on so many people, how many, <sighs> how many people they blinded. It's incredible. Like, I don't trust Jones or Tucker at all. No. There's a lot of people in the alternate media that, well, I don't know if you can call it alternate anymore. I guess it's the new media because it's almost like you're seeing all these people jump in because they realize the corporate media literally shot itself.
2: Well, Bill Cooper called out Alex Jones, right? Yeah. In 2000 and 2001 before uh, he was assassinated. So, I mean... Alex Jones has been called out I don't know how many times. He's a New Ager. People swear he's a Christian, but if you listen to his eschat- his eschatology and his cosmology and his theology, uh, he, for any length, for any five or ten minutes, you uh, he could tell that he's, I mean, he's literally talking about God is some sort of space egg, and we mate with it to get some sort of co- conscious great awakening. I mean, that's his cosmology, and he's borrowing from Scientology. And I've got him directly quoting Scientology. I mean, he named his one of his first websites "Prison Planet," which is both a Gnostic and Scientology term of Scientology as well, too. Um, and you know, you talked about uh, Simon Magus. Well, the you know, church history is, is he was the first Gnostic. So I mean, he was a magician. So I mean that it all it all ties like how anybody can trust Alex Jones at this point. I, I mean, if you listen to him and you like because he 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 plays a character, fine, I get it.
1: By his own admission, right?
2: Yes, in, in court, in court. Uh I get it. But to think that he's any arbiter of truth, or let alone that he's a Christian, I don't get it. You know, and then like um Tucker. You He's know, you and I did a as show as a on Kabbalah. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker practices the Kabbalah. Oh yeah, I for, I didn't even mention this when you talked about the woodworking picture when he has his his um a uh, hand to his dome with it with it right. you know pointing up doing the thinker thinker pose. He what's prominently uh, positioned as you can see is wearing the Kabbalah bracelet. Yep. Right. right. It's in your face, but yet people no, deny no, it. it people no. don't. We even have Christians. Who believe the Bible's God's word, but refuse to, to believe that magic or any type of supernatural, uh, you know, from a biblical worldview even exists. It's crazy.
1: It's crazy. I mean, it's really incredible how they've gotten all the Christians into a box of control, right? I mean, it's something else. Like the the marvel, you marvel at how it's all puppeteered into that great pyramid and these guys are like being puppeteered probably and they're puppeteering their own audiences
2: yeah i mean you have hyper spiritualism on one side right with kind of like your pentecostal holiness and on the other side you have calvinism where there is no supernatural and there is no miracles and it's like yeah both of those are wrong <laughs> it's like satan gives you like a really bad you know like You know, like a really bad, like two bad choices, as Aaron Falkman always say, right? You're like, yeah, we're either going to go this one or this one. And so in doing so, they most Christians became disarmed because, you know, know, they they don't think there's a supernatural, uh, you know, either which way they're going or coming. And I think it's by design. I mean, you've covered that through your whole body of work in that evil, you know, obviously exists in a fallen world. You have the evil fallen heart of man. You have, you know, Satan and his demons as well, too, uh, possessing and, and demonizing people. And, you know, and, and, and the the world as a collective, even Christians, sadly, don't want to see it occurring. And, you know, and, right. and I, I just don't get it. I, and then,
1: That's an incredible aspect of our time, John, is the lack of discernment and the lack of interest. Like, some people think I'm, like, obsessed with this, or this is my stamp. Me
2: too, me too. Like, you are
1: now. I'm doing it because you aren't. Like, why? I I have to do it. Like, I'm called to do it because that's your job. I'm not a pastor. But I mean, so it's because it's not fashionable. And it's been made to be unfashionable. And the reason it's made to be unfashionable, because that's the key, the crux, the third rail of the power structure of the current global hierarchy. That's yeah, yeah. yeah ironically, Christian pastors—they've been duped.
0: They've been duped. Uh, ironically, it, it 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 seems like uh, like we were talking about, you know, Tucker and, and Alex Jones, and you know, many many other people that we could just go off on, right? They 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 teach us in the West, um, you know, spirituality in a sense is dead. Like, and I and by that I mean, um, the supernatural, right? You know, it's it's still a fringe topic. But if you look at the at the statistics as of I don't know two thousand I think it was two thousand twenty or two thousand twenty one, um, witchcraft is the fastest growing religion in the United States. And I I get that it can't really be called a religion because it's not united. You know what I mean? Like witchcraft is a diverse. Uh, it's kind of like a um, a it's mix. Like an umbrella in, term. Yeah, it's an umbrella term. Yeah, because because. I mean, you got covenants that all believe the same thing. You can you see Christianity as an
1: umbrella but... term too, right? You could say. It oh through. yeah,
0: absolutely. And you can see that uh, it, people are chasing <clears throat> some sort of ex- they they want experience. Man, I think that that's why people heavily lean towards witchcraft is because they're looking for that that experience. They know there's something more to life than than this. You know what I mean? And and the modern day church just is not doing it's job correctly. We're not teaching the super, like the Bible is so supernatural. And as John was saying, like a lot of, a lot of teachers either don't believe it and don't teach it at all, the supernatural aspect of the Bible or the gifts or anything like that. And then you have a, on the other extreme, they're clearly using the power of Satan to convulse on the floor. Like <laughs> it like dogs, you know what I mean? So both of those are leading people away. And I think that people who are genuinely trying to find um, something more, to life than this they lean towards a witchcraft because it's kind of more personal they can kind of do what they want and again mix, mix and grab or whatever you know what i mean you can insert different type of ideologies within witchcraft itself and they're, they're leaning towards that for an experience and i think that there's a hole in their heart that's really they really want god i don't think they you know consciously they want god but they know I don't know how to, help me out, John. They like, know they, they, God they know exists.
2: They know God exists because every every person does, uh because we're made in God's image. Um, but they don't they they don't like they're they're trying to fill it in with whatever they can subjectively, right? Because most people don't want to repent they don't want to believe in god because they have to realize that they <laughs> that they said against god they've said against you know they 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 they've done evil things, acts against their fellow man right so they don't want, they don't want to and you so that is comes to up, god like, well, because exactly. their acts are evil right because exactly yeah, yeah so they can't in and of themselves so they're like it's sad it's sad because if we are living in the end times because of the evil because the restrainer of the evil is removed from the earth. Okay. Now, some people say it's government. Some people say it's um, the Holy spirit. Some people say it's Michael, the archangel. Um, You know, there's different interpretations of what the restrainer is, but the restrainer is removed. So God removes the restrainer and evil abounds to the point where people's hearts run cold because of how evil the world is. If we ain't in it now, we're very close to it. I agree. And people don't want to they they, they it does it just does not compute. They don't want that to happen. You have Christians who believe as dominionists that they can keep it from happening, that they can give the world to Jesus when he you know at the at the battle of Armageddon between Satan and, and, and Jesus. Like, here you go, here's the world, God, we conquered it. Here you go. Uh, where where the scripture does not say that at all. But that's what they think. They think that they don't the world isn't going to get become so bad and dark that God's wrath's poured upon the earth because of the wickedness and Jesus' second coming. I mean, you see it in the New Agers. One last thing, and I want to pass it back to you, William. You see it, we don't have to go through Armageddon. Bar Marks Hubbard, we don't have to go through Armageddon. They they say it constantly. They and then and then the inverse, you have People like Roger Stone and Michael Flint and even the theosophist Ronald Wilson Reagan, who says literally we can stop uh, the a thousand years of darkness. So to them, the thousand years of Christ reigning, the millennial kingdom is a thousand years of darkness because they keep saying it and they keep saying a thousand years. And they're literally saying if Trump is not elected president. Flynn and Stone are saying in others. Echoing, um, echoing Reagan that there will be a thousand years of darkness.
1: Wow, it's the new, it's the new aeon. It's the, there's some kind of aeonic change. It sounds like Hitler, right? Thousand year Reich. Yeah,
2: it's that, that it's, it's insane. It's insane. So, I mean, when you were researching, all, you know, all this, William, were there any points where you had to take a break, or is there any points where you had to pause because it just had gotten so heavy or soul crushing. Um, And there are probably some people who are more built to do this research, you know, but I will say even myself, sometimes it affects me, you know, I'm not impervious to it. Uh, You know, I might be able to handle it or rationalize it or give it to God, uh, you know, majority of the time, but even I, you know, it starts, it starts wearing at me from time to time so what I think about I was built,
1: I think yeah. I was built for it I think to a certain extent I mean I think I felt called by God I think everybody in the body of Christ has a skill yep. and everybody has something to do this is where my place is like other people can preach the gospel or teach huh. or you know care for the elderly or whatever but this is where God wants me to be so that kind of gives you a sense of purpose mission and I think just my experiences like it made me a lot more resilient yeah um and i think that you kind of do i think as a writer maybe for me like writing nonfiction, like maybe creative writers or fictional writers are different but like there's a big ramp up of of research and then a book gets done and then you kind of come off the other side and the tank is in like the internal tank and then it kind of refills again and another book comes out and i think that that's a cyclical that happens for me some people are different But for me, that kind of feels that feels like after each book, like I don't want to do too much writing right now. And I would
2: I would consider you biblically. I would consider you a teacher, Um, you know, just in your writing, just in your worldview as a Christian, just if you espousing your faith. um, You know, I mean, you don't do it as much as as a preacher does, obviously, but I have seen in your collective body of work and it is quite strong. Um, You know, I, I would I would make that argument. Uh, after I would you say know, the subtext
1: you. is the subtext of all my work is Christian. Yes, That's very the Purpose much so. is exposing evil. Have nothing to do with the unfruitful fruitful works of dark darkness, but rather expose them. Would be a perfect scripture for all my work.
0: Amen. Oh, so do you think the me? Moder- it doesn't bother me as much as it fascinates me. You know what I mean? It's fascinating. It really is fascinating. It almost makes like when you dive into this deep research. To me, it makes the Word of God even more alive. Like, it makes Christ even more a light when you dive into this darkness. That's how I've always seen it since I was born again, really. But not everybody can, though. No, it's not for everybody. I know that for a fact. Some people can't really handle it.
1: We're in a remarkable time in history. Like, this is a human history. There's never been so much travel. There's never been so much communication. So it's a really a novel time to be alive, like just to see these events happen where you can actually see them, you know, hear them through a newspaper or something like that. So I think that it's important to also kind of, I feel like a uh, urgency to kind of put the record down. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of a book too, is that it sets something in a time space and a frame where somebody else can see what you were thinking or researching at that time for their own edification. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, like, there are bad books out there, but books do, good and bad ones do provide an ongoing edification, whether you like them or not, because you're still learning something. Like, I don't believe in this guy's dick. Like, I've read a lot of books
2: like that. <laughs> but,
1: uh, um, I had some interesting advice when I was a kid, when I was like 17. I worked at like a known bookstore. And we just taught teaching with this old guy. And I was like, yeah, I was re- I'm reading a lot of Stephen King. You know, I was reading just times, you know. Uh, standard fiction or something like that at the time, nothing really heavy. And he just said to me, "You know what, kid? Just keep reading." And I always remembered that. It was like really good advice: just keep reading. And that's really where I'm at. Like 55 years later, well, 55 was it now? 40 years later, that reading process of just keeping reading has led to this corpus of work that I put out. All from you know, just kind of funny advice that I took to heart. Where you pick it up in weird places.
0: True. So I think that. It, um, the, um. In your Jim. book, in your okay, in your book, uh, William, I know that you talked about the like ritualistic and occult ties to nine eleven. If you want to break that down just a little bit, and then a following question is: Have you seen anything more in recent times, um, like major events such as something similar to that that also has um occult ties that you that you've seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, nine eleven. like I said earlier, the 11 is like a prime number in magic and Crowley's prime number, really. And I kind of lay it out in my book. All those numbers, the planes are, have occult ties, 175, 77, and 93 is really a prime Crowley number. It's really a number that he kind of occultized, so to speak, because in Dramatria, which is a subset of the Kabbalah where words have numerical value, Two of the primary words in his th- religion of Philema, Philema itself, and agape, which means love, is, add up in Gematria to 93. So you'll see kind of Crowley, Thelemites, and they're out there. Thelemites um, respond to each other, 93, 93. Like that's how Crowley signed his documents. Jimmy Page signs his documents. So all of those are interspersed in, I mean, September 11th, nine eleven, right? So it's on the 11th day of September. 2001, which is also incredible. And I think that the movie 2001 with the monolith actually kind of foreshadows the events of 9-11. And I think at that time in the 60s, I think a lot of those insiders and masons knew that the Apollo mission was fake. Like the insiders knew, the public didn't know. But it was uh, Apollo 11, right? So they're giving you the magic. So you think you're not under some kind of magical spell or somebody's thinking magically. You're really naive because uh, in a lot of these intel things they they use words from magical things like operation i'm doing an operation that's comes from magic so a lot of those guys like uh, everybody in skull and bones is an occultist it's just an occult organization they're filtered through the cia george bush senior george bush jr prescott bush so many actors over through there um so anyway so 9-11 the twin towers themselves are like occulted by the rockefellers they were known publicly as kind of uh, the two rockefeller brothers that are most prominent david and nelson right so
2: is there any occultism uh, with the with the with the remade building World trade center Plaza i think so one? it
1: seems like they they were like you know magic is bringing opposites together and so i think they went from this kind of like crowley thought the number 11 wasn't just a number numerical or coming together the macrosphere and the microsphere, right? So the five and the six, the, pen, the pentagram and the hexagram comes together in 11. So that they but call the
2: synergy in the new in the, in the new age?
1: Maybe, I don't know. But they, okay. the, he, he thought the 11s were ideograms, so they represented opposites, right? So you're trying to bring like the, the uh, thesis and antithesis together to synthesize. So I think that that's what happened in new world order. Was a great magical working to bring together the opposites into one synthesis, and so the last twenty-three years is really just a rollout of the satanic end of times and the new world order. And, I, and if you look at it from the top, kind of has a weird view, like it's almost like a six or a hexagram, which would indicate the macrosphere. So, and there's all kinds of weird boxes and squares, which also represent control, right? The tesseract, the occult tesseract. Uh, which they want. I mean, that's the real obsession of a lot of these uh, political leaders is control. And I did a kind of a, a thread on the whole thing between uh, Tucker and Spacey. And right in between them is that square motif, the Tesseract motif. It's not accidental. And and there, there's weird things where they place these Christmas. It's almost like Eyes Wide Chut. They put Christmas two Christmas trees behind him. Like one, when is two Christmas trees ever used so there's got to be some purpose and i think they're putting putting spacey in between the pillars of boaz and joshan which is another representation of the twin towers i mean there's just so much occultism there you've got the uh spherical caryotid in the middle which is uh, distributed around the world at very important parts so it's almost like the temple motif the karyotid is a temple uh, uh uh what was it uh it's a, it's a temple statuary, right? So the Caryatid holds up the temple. So that's what they're suggesting to you with the spherical karyotid is that the, the World Trade Center is a temple. And you also see the, the three, I didn't notice this before, but since my research into the Order of Nine Angles, you see the trident going up the side into the sky. And the trident always represents kind of the underworld because Poseidon was thrown out of Zeus, right? or thrown out of uh, Mount Olympus. So a lot of these guys identify with these kind of old Greek and Roman kind of gods. So I think that's not, inten- I mean, it's 110 stories, so that's an 11. I mean, the whole thing was just off the charts. And I think, I mean, one of the incredible things people can't even believe, and I mean, this shows what what a farce a lot of the intellectual discourse is, in my mind, in the public, like these public intellectuals are such a bunch of clowns. But like, they can't put it together that George Bush's famous New World Order speech was September 11, 1990, 11 years
2: to the date of 9-11, right? I completely forgot about that.
1: Yeah, so it's 11. And so I, I'm, I'm at the point, like I didn't have this before when I wrote Prophet of Evil, but Crowley was seen as a magazine. There's been mad we talked about Simon magazine. and I think it's fair to say that George Bush Sr. was the, was the highest initiate and a magus and was able to really pull this like incredible control of the American government and thereby the world government. And in the most brutal fashion, like Hitler couldn't have dreamed of what some of these guys at the CIA pulled off globally. Like he, he was thinking on just like, we're going to take over some of these adjoining territories. And the CIA said, we're going to subvert every freaking government on earth and own them all. And in a lot of ways, they were very successful. I mean, the stories are off the charts of what they pulled off after after World War II.
0: Yeah, it's, such, it's way more subtle, too, than what Hitler did. You know, Hitler was oh. pretty much abrupt about it, you know, kind of... Uh, don't he was much more murderous. But,
1: like, he was you know, right. subhumans and things like that. These guys wanted money and control, and they... I don't know. Like, you can just go through South America. You can go through it all. Chile, Argentina, Venezuela colombia meddling around in um panama really it was really uh, american substate. i mean they actually kind of carved panama off of colombia and didn't give them a choice i don't know if you know that history <coughs> but that was actually formerly part of colombia they basically said yeah and they're involved in mexico elections italy france own germany uh, allied with uk they've got caught meddling in the elections in australia indonesia was a huge overthrow of the communist and just mass murder east timor um china a lot of china policy came from the u.s until recently a lot of the communism and two child policies and things like that uh yeah in the middle east they just owned the cia was involved in almost everything post-war um involvement of the creation of israel uh, we re- basically ran, uh, installed the Shah of Iran. Hussein used to be our boy. He went rogue and paid for it at the end in really the worst way possible. Um, so, I mean, Africa, a lot of those countries are still to this day colonized. They're just colonized in a much more sophisticated manner where the local na- uh, locals don't get the benefits of some of their national resources, if not all. Now, so, you see- yeah.
0: Do you see anything in in recent times? You know, like I was saying, like, I know there really hasn't been an an event like 9-11 since 9-11, at least not in the United States, but any other major um, worlds, whatever you want to call it. I think there's a cold
1: angle to the COVID, right? So they had the uh, 201 event, right? This weird kind of thing. There was some kind of military parade or something going on. And also when they rolled out the COVID, they had this kind of, which Alex Jones uses, by the way, this weird box that's the folding box, just like the, the
2: um. How about for Operation Warp Tesseract. Speed. Pardon me. Yeah.
1: How about for Operation Warp Speed.
2: Yeah, what's that thing called? Do you remember? Ah, uh, not offhand, no, but I know what you're talking about. I had is was um, triangle
0: that's Chris, like a swirled yeah. inward. Yeah, Chris. Isn't is that, is that also a pedophile? Isn't that also no, 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 not yeah, that.
2: Yeah. It was uh, it was Operation oh, Warp okay. Speed Cube.
1: Yeah, Um, it's a cube. So maybe some of the listeners. Let me see if I can find it real quick.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I was talking to, while you're looking for that, I was talking to John, I don't know, a week ago or so, about Event 201 and uh, what they were practicing there. You know, they were pretty much doing the simulation of exactly what happened uh, three months later when COVID actually hit and that all went down. They, They practiced all of that during Event 201 three months prior. And now they're doing um a similar event but with cyber uh, a global cyber security attack and the world economic forum i have a link for it i can send you at some point but it's it basically it's from the world economic forum also john hopkins like basically the same players that were in event 201 are practicing what would happen during a global cyber security threat and major blackouts and so when they do that i was thinking to myself like well, when they start practicing that and that goes down, you gotta wait, you know, you got this timeline, maybe three months after that it'll really hit. Who knows, you know? But
2: All right, that's something to I, look for. So I looked it up. It's something called the Anta Karana. a karana right? Yeah, it's a Hindu uh kind of like um symbol. Um Right. Can you enable screen sharing? Yes.
1: Oh, anti-corona, be but it has like some kind of a cult thing to it. Too. it is. I don't know if you can see that, but if you see Operation Wars, Speed there's the anti corona right there that box. And then Jones uses the same thing, that's his new wow, yeah, Info he does. Looks like wow. the transformer box, dude.
0: the symbol for it, might be. It might be. That's crazy. Black, Black cube, cube is cool too. Yeah. yeah, wow, yeah, that's
2: deep. corona, that's
0: really deep. Yeah, that's wow. Crazy. Wow, man, that Saturn connection—you know there's something there.
1: I think it's real. I was just listening to um, Recluse. He was talking to someone I can't remember, but he was saying like Saturnalian stuff was all in in, in Eyes Wide Shut, but people overlook it. Like I've overlooked it, but I mean, some of this kind of Saturnalian religions probably out there at the top.
2: Oh, Alice Bailey wrote about it. Oh, there you go. She wrote a oh, she oh. wrote in one of her books, about to bring it up. It's the science of the anti Antichor- She wrote a chapter, The Science of the Anti Corona. So Dang.
1: what does it say?
2: I don't know. I've tried to pull it up, but it like is it's it, Lucius Trust is like banning me for some reason. Here but we go. It's so. like
1: here's the thing is like that's the whole thing about the box, is they want to put you in the box. That's the control, right? So it's like uh the Truman show.
2: Oh, she channeled it from the Tibetan. Dajil Qual. So she writes, as preparation for what students need to master, I would like to emphasize certain points by tabulating information already given. The science of the Antichorana is not an easy one to learn because of the following points. These emphasized points must be accepted by students as a working hypothesis prior to tips of work. So she says, the science of the Antichorana is connected with the entire problem of energy. She talks about energy and force and light. Like, I'd have to read through this, but it's definitely like, you know, theosophical esotericism. (laughs) It comes from the
1: East. It comes from like Indian mysticism. Yeah. Or Eastern mysticism. Yeah. But I think it's just like the, it's a symbol of like putting all the energy together, right? Into a box. So it symbolizes all those energies.
2: I just think she said that it's from, it causes a, a new education for the future age. And it'll, it'll be, it's a part of the new stage of human evolution. So when you think of Operation Warp Speed, you think of the mRNA, which they worship the yes, mRNA, human right? And, the, and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the the viral vector DNA, right? So, okay. Yeah, I definitely need to read this. This might play into something that you and I might talk in another show, William, that's together, because show. this, this yeah. is wild. This is wild. It's
1: crazy, this is wild. man. I'm telling you, man, that you talk about COVID, that's the new age. That's, all those people involved in that are evil as hell like there's just like, there has to be tens of thousands of arrests or we're not free. They're, they're still out there still peddling. And there's like all kinds of weasels out there, like giving out half things, half truths and shaping reality, just like magicians. They're lying about so much of this stuff. Like you can't take any shots. You just can't, you can't trust anybody for what's in there. You can't, they've, they've destroyed so many lives and families for decades like, I think every person with autism is intentional.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine that.
2: Wow, she writes the science the of the.
0: Anti-
2: she writes the science of the anti corona is basically the science of the path is the f- fulfillment of the plan. So there has to be, there has to be. There's no coincidence. They use that for the, for the, for the symbol for Operation Warp Speed. There's all no, right. there's no coincidence at all. I didn't learn that till now. This is blo- This is like, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, this is yeah, more can you nefarious. That me? Can you send that me? Can you me that? I will. Can you I do want to read that. It's more nefarious than I ever thought it was. Uh, you know, um, I guess, you know, talk about modern times too. I guess something you could talk about real quick, William, is is, is uh Order of the Nine Angles, the Global Death Cult and the initiation. Uh yeah, I was gonna bring into, that up too. Uh Satanism, you know, by um you could argue the federal government and, and, and satanism even through aquino uh being uh pushed to the united states military and people within the military right and you yeah, have then you have the modern uh you know you have the uh tiktok girls the israeli tiktok girls but we have our own american military tiktok TikTok. Uh, yeah, for, what's Luhan? I've seen Luhan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, hey uh, Haley, uh, uh, I think it's Lujan or Luhan. I've covered, Lujan. I've done three videos, you know, discussing her and in breaking down her videos and in the, in the mythos around her, Uh, she's currently stationed very close near me, which sometimes worries me. Sometimes at the JFK special operations command in Fort Bragg. Nobody would
0: notice.
2: Are there
1: others? Are are there others than her? There are there more than her.
2: There are. I I don't know. I don't know. There are. She's the one that she's the most mainly talked about, but there are definitely for sure. um, There's a really
1: good, uh, like meme or thing. Where like she shows up and then a guy breaks in and says, "No, don't do it. It's a psyop. Do not watch this." Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. you. And I'm like,
2: yeah. Oh, and then she turned that into her own video. Oh, really? And then and then she was on this uh, weapons outfitters catalog where they took like uh, bikini pictures of her for a oh for a gosh. psyop calendar shoot for a, for a weapons salesman. I mean, I mean, I, I I've done three videos. I could what probably do serious? more. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh best thing to hear it there but, but that's there... i mean i guess that's effective if the
1: israelis are promoting their war with their own kind of iof idf females dancing. I guess somebody thinks that works. I mean they did the same
2: wars well, are ours sense is, with at is Haley right? Lujan isn't dancing per se. Hers are like some sort of like intelligent like mind control operation. At least ours are a little bit smarter for lack of a better words or more intelligence just as evil and nefarious might maybe maybe more uh, you know, but do you, do you is, is there kind of like the rise of Satanism? Like, you know, was it, was the order of the nine angles a way to push it through white nationalism and a way to push it through uh military, uh, ser- service, um, you know, was that kind of like a a strong push and the pushing of Satanism, uh, for something that's always been there, but kind of more broad to like your privates and your, uh, specialists and stuff like that.
1: I think there was an attempt. I think they were attempting to infiltrate a lot of stuff and the American military was one of them. So I think through Adam Waffen or just the ONA was to get these people in there in inside roles. I don't think it got that far at least according to the evidence I saw like no higher end people, but people were definitely getting training and even the head of Adam Waffen was a National Guardsman and he just got arrested again in well, 2023. He's gone for the rest of his life, but he was trying to blow up the electrical grid around Baltimore with his uh, neo-Nazi girlfriend or squeeze. But or even if
2: they weren't able to initiate like Operation Snow White was kind of a failure for Scientology or was it? Is it a way just to initiate the people around them, right? Because you start discussing once you find right. quote like-minded individuals, right? You, st- you start, you know, uh, you know discussing white nationalism or you start discussing occultism or esotericism uh, to try to increase the ranks of, of the order, right?
1: Yeah, it got pretty far. I mean, it got big enough to so where the government got involved. I mean, the government was, American government was aware of it, and the global governments are aware of it Australia, the UK. So it's a newer phenomenon in younger people. So it's not people who are like 40 or 45, but uh, it's becoming, it was at least up until maybe the last couple of years, a growing metastasizing phenomenon so how many other people are in there i think that they've clamped down on satanism in the armed forces whereas they kind of uh had a blind eye but now it's like totally illegal is my understanding and that includes ona stuff so i think that people who are in it would have to kind of keep it under wraps if they're still
2: in them yeah i i'm sure they kind of Made it illegal, right? We're. I mean, we have a keno being able to openly practice for. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, like right? I mean, it's a perception. I mean, it's like. You know, I mean, it's. I. I don't know. It's a whole thing to me. Is it? It makes sense, obviously. Like I know our government's corrupt and wicked and stuff, but you know, to be out in the open, you know, during the 80s and the 90s, and people thinking it disappearing and then showing back up in the order of the nine angles. Uh, you know, is 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 very interesting. Um, but yeah, I I just see a continuation of something more modern. Um, and I mean, you see, I guess one final thing to that is, is you know, I, I teach at a Christian school. It's not as bad as public school, but the kids talk about um, kind of like videos that they watch on TikTok, and they they show me sometimes because you know I teach at a kid Christian school through a voucher program. You get a lot of kids. Uh, who were taken out of public school for behavioral reasons, or their parents want to give them a better, a better education, you know, not in you know the 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 poorest public schools where I live, and kind of put them inside the Christian school to give them, you know, a chance at a better education. But um, there seems to be a lot of esotericism and occultism, uh, and uh, even from a Nazi point, with kind of like the pushing of like the Black Sun iconography uh, on TikTok well it seems to be weaponized uh have you come across any of seen any of that stuff being discussed on on x or anything like that or anybody talking no not about to my knowledge
1: i haven't followed that um i'm not surprised i should be on tiktok just as kind of to be on there as a phenomenon but i don't spend any time on that but it seems yeah. like there's a lot of interesting stuff on tiktok these days but yeah, yeah i haven't that seen is- it i haven't
0: it's perfect that you brought that up because I, I wrote down some statistics that I thought were really pretty, pretty freaking crazy, man. So like during 2021, during the, like the BLM riots and all that stuff, right. Uh, there's these witches that came out of the woodwork and, uh, they started this hashtag called witches for BLM who stand with BLM, something along those lines. Right. Well, within five days, within five days, they got 10 million, um, it, I don't know if you would say viewers. I don't know how TikTok really works, but it was followed by ten million people. Okay, and then, um, there was a uh, this thing. this phenomenon that started happening called witch talk, and this happened directly after, um, the whole hashtag, uh, which is for B- uh, BLM, you know, started trending, and witch talk got nineteen billion views. Okay, in two thousand twenty one. Oh. And now, and what they were promoting too was this, they, they were uh, issuing spells for protection um, for those who they perceived to be uh, treated wrongly during the BLM riots and all that stuff. And they were also uh, issuing hexes and teaching people how to cast hexes on the police and anybody who they thought would were basically supporting you know, what the police were doing. And then in 2023, two years later, it has... 44 billion views. 44 billion. That's literally over five times the population of the Earth. Right, it's crazy. 44 billion crazy views entry. for Witch Talk. That's wild. That's wild. It's Absolutely wild.
1: So just for Witch Talk? Yeah, just for Witch Talk. That's off the charts. Yeah. Somebody That means like...
0: Hundreds of millions of people are watching that over and over. Over and over again. I mean, five times more than the population of the year. That's crazy. There's a lot of statistics in the rise of uh, occult books and literature and occult themes. Like, it's all, pla- I mean, we all know it's plastered over Hollywood movies, TV. It's so much more prevalent than it was when I was growing up. And when I was growing up, you had like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and and the Coven, and like, you know like these witch, witch shows, but now you have a lot more supernatural and occult-themed and related uh, TV shows, which is also part of the indoctrination, right? Like, I think Harry Potter was actually a natural phenomenon, or a, almost a supernatural phenomenon that, that really got people interested in the occult and the supernatural and witchcraft and stuff like that, because they made it Yeah, no, that's,
1: that is culture creation at its finest. So I think right. her whole backstory is fake and i've done a show yep. on miles mathis's research where she is a part of the landed gentry so she her whole story of like the poor single mom at the uh, you know pub writing the book was all bs and she probably might just be a front person for that for the for the culture creation of harry potter she knows everything about if it's just her she's absolutely brilliant and she knows everything about witchcraft
0: yeah didn't she claim to be a christian too
1: I don't know. I haven't done that but she did take on I know that her middle name is doc does not start with a k. So JK right the 11th letter of the alphabet. Harry Potter adds up to 11, right? So it's all wow. like uh, it's oh it's fully occult. Go read the book like the the uh his wand that he chooses is 11 inches and uh he's totally into kind of like uh what's what is it where you go from you know clay to gold it's uh well oh, alchemy alchemy yeah he's on an yeah. alchemical journey which is why it's potter right so he's t- turning the clay into gold it's all alchemy and there's actually a reference to a hardcore alchemist in harry potter i think the first one forgot what his name was but it's like she knows her classics there's <laughs> no doubt about it if she if she wrote it by herself which i really highly question
2: in the first book is like harry potter and the philosopher's stone right right
1: it's a play See? on the Harry Potter and the uh, Sorcerer's Stone. I think it's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is the title. And it's a play on the Philosopher's Stone, right? No, the
2: movie is Sorcerer's Stone, but the book is Philosopher's Stone. If I Okay, remember correctly. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, let me Maybe let we're... me look, let me look. I think that's the case.
0: Um yeah, John, I think in but, other countries it's also the movie is still Philosopher's Stone, but in the United States it's Sorcerer's Stone.
1: If you look at our publishing company, they've only published one book and that's it, or like one or two, which is hyper suspicious.
0: Like, so she has a
1: publishing company, but it was just set up to publish that one book.
2: Yeah, it's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.
1: that's
2: crazy.
1: Oh, yeah, it gets worse. And then the sign of the, you know, he has the sign of the lightning bolt on his forehead and just all that. And some people told me there's actual real witch spells in some of the later books. And there's like figures from like a lot of those named people are like figures from real history so you have like a rasputin-esque type figure from russia you have a crowley-esque type figure who resembles crowley so some of those like people are taken out of real you know from real history
0: i wonder if baltimore has a connection to one of them i have to read them all it's it's another Sounds like a call name to <laughs> be surprised yeah, that's crazy. Well, then you look at it, you got other things, other phenomena. Hermione
1: is actually the female Hermes, right? So Hermes is like the messenger of the gods.
0: Oh, wow. so She's the messenger of the gods. She knows everything,
1: right? So she's the smart pants. Then Riddle, wow. Tom Riddle way. is his dad. So like he's an enigma. <clears throat> oh, Riddle was Voldemort, actually. Excuse me.
2: Yeah. It's okay. We understand that you you're, you're not deep in understanding of the Harry Potter lore. <laughs> I know. Imagine
0: it's watching just amazing with him trying to eat yeah, the popcorn. <laughs> just like yeah, no, it's it's terrible. like
1: I mean, it's some of the most brilliant culture creation in all time. I mean, it's the no, it's like up there with Lord of the Rings, right? As the most watched right. film series.
2: I just never was a fan. I was never a fan of Lord of the Rings either. Actually, Um, I guess I'm a hater. I guess is the correct terminology. Yes. You can say, you're even, dude. Uh, I, I guess so. Uh, so I, I guess one, I guess one thing in in closing, William, um, is have you noticed the increase of people wearing Kabbalah bracelets or crystals or practicing magic in the opening, open or, um, you know, you walk into a bookstore and right next to the Bible, you'll have books directly on occultism, right? Not exposing it, but direct, like, they're like literally right next to each other, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe on the ending of a continuing shelf, uh, you know? So it's like, it wasn't always like that, you know, where now it's completely out, you know, in, in the open. And maybe now it's, you know, kind of Krueger kruger uh, for me, maybe, because I'm, I'm aware of it, so now I see it. Maybe it's always been there, but I see Gen Zers and even millennials, uh, you know, wearing Kabbalah bracelets, like, all over the place. Like, you know, it's something that's becoming, you know, trendy where people really don't see, you know, behind it. You could argue that so were dream catchers in the 90s, right? So maybe it's something that's always been, been there or something that's always, you know, been around or surges and spurts or whatever. So, I mean, have you how do you feel, you know, uh, about that? Does it seem to be occultism cultism is practiced more heavily now or out in the open now more? Or has it always just come in like waves, uh, you know, as far as it being practiced openly and then kind of reducing and then again and everything?
1: I think the common culture is occulted now. So I think that that seems to be the most prevalent thing. Very little Christian culture, biblical culture. So I think uh, I think like I've heard the number one religion among teen kids in L.A. is witchcraft. So I think that that's really kind of the what we're moving into is the Harry Potter culture, where uh, the uh, lines between fiction and nonfiction get blurred, if not just you know overcome much like the Spacey Tucker interview right So
2: as a, so uh, as Al, as Bailey's Alice Bailey would say the initiation into the masses for the externalization of the hierarchy and that towards the end you know when she says 2025 that the, you know the the you know the last few years the initiation of the world will be like light speed you know as far as how quickly that they're initiated into these practices so do you think you know that's what's happening with kind of like everything being exposed and people returning the magic and stuff like that and everything is, is kind it seems of seems like... like it
1: it seems like something's happening that I've never seen before so I don't know how it's gonna play out but uh, I don't know you know I I, I kind of'm a kind of a lonely researcher I'm, I don't go out and figure out what these kids I mean I kind of see stuff through what my children do but I don't see a lot. I think more that they're just kind of a the kids who are maybe uh, you know be teens and early adults. I think they've been fed so much psyop after psyop after psyop. They're in a wrecked state of anxiety, and uh, they don't have positive views of the future. Like they really believe in climate change, which is a total farce and a joke, and a huge psyop, huge global psyop to bring in a new world order.
2: Aliens and alien movies. Aliens.
1: Some of them are like resigned. They're never going to own a house. You know, like that was something that was a given my dad's generation. house home ownership was just a part of life. That was American life. Like my dad bought his first house. I think he was like 24. Like it's hard to believe. And literally bought the house and like owned the house in four or five years. He didn't get some BS finance scam, like a 30-year mortgage, which is a total embarrassment. And it's embarrassment to this whole country and to the government. It's just one huge, monstrous fraud, Biden-esque fraud, like comes from Delaware, like credit cards. Biden family is just an abomination, total sick monster. So anyway, the kids, that's what I see. I don't know if I see maybe that witchcraft is the kind of look for certainty in an uncertain world where all your political leaders are demons from hell. Like I don't like any of these people. So I don't believe in like Trump.
2: I maybe the, the pushing that, you know, through the great reset and how bleak the world is and how, and, you know, Christianity is not being, you know, preached, you know, I mean, Christian apologetics, as far as defending the faith, Ah uh, was gutted of intellectualism for the past one hundred years, so instead of going to a pastor who's well knowledge who can answer, and he can't answer every question, obviously some of them you are just gonna have to 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 give up to 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 faith. But, um, you know, not being able to, to answer just the basic questions, uh, you know, to the youth, um, you know, they're like, fine, I guess I am gonna go get mine, uh, you know, and so they they try to will whatever they because they see it through. I mean, you literally have. I'll, like we'll take rap music, for example, um, uh, Little Nas X, uh, Takashi 6 ix 9 Uh, you know, like literally, you know, Satanism and uh, degenerate morals uh, being pushed to anybody who, uh, you know, likes those artists. So they end up, you know, Little Nas X is blaspheming Jesus and people are being initiated into it. And so they're like, well, they get rich and famous and they have everything they want. So, you know, they're practicing magic. So why don't I do it?
0: Right. Times are tough. I might as well sell my soul. Sadly,
1: yeah. It's going to be rough, man. People are going to have to make some heavy decisions. I got to wrap this up, guys.
2: Okay. All right. uh, William, real real quick, tell everybody where they can find you again. And we want to thank you definitely for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. My website is William Ramsey Investigates. You can see all my stuff. My Patreon has a lot of ad-free content, so you can listen to my shows ad-free there and watch all five of my documentaries for five bucks a month, and then my podcast is in the top 0.5 podcasts in the world, like top 15,000, and you can listen to that anywhere. iTunes, Google, Podcast Addict, wherever your podcast delivery system is.
2: Thank you for coming on. Is that way to get a hold of you? Is that, yeah, is you can find me on
1: Twitter. I seem to be on Twitter. I seem to be uncensored on Twitter, so people can find me there. You can send me an email: William Ramsey
0: investigates at protonmail.com
2: God bless you and yours, William. Anything else God to say in you. closing, Jeremy?
0: Nope, that's it. Thanks for coming on. As always, we'll have you on again right. soon. Hopefully, yeah.
2: All right,
1: anytime. Send me send me the All audio. Right. Will you? Will you email we'll do. it to me?
2: We'll All do. Right, cool. Thanks,
1: guys.
0: Bye,
2: Thank you for listening to
1: Buy Their Fruits. May the Lord bless the giver, the gift, and the receiver.